Good morning, Orlando. Great to be back with you here on a Thursday morning. So glad you're up and at him early with us at 6 for our very first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here, right now for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning FPL takes its own hurricane preparation advice, and at least 99 are killed in the Fuego volcano eruption in Guatemala. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And stay with me. We're hopping on the Trump train for a look at some great news for you veterans, so many of whom are quite literally dying for better care. It's next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning at 6.02 on News Radio 102.5. Officials with Florida Power and Light are urging people to be ready this hurricane season. And FPL's Dave Herlong says the utility is taking its own advice. We prepare year-round. Uh, we have made investments over the last decade-plus to strengthen the grid, as well as trim vegetation around the lines, which is the number one cause of outages after uh, during a hurricane. Yeah, he says residents can help by making sure that the trees in their back and front yards are properly trimmed and that they plant native species. The reason for that is because local trees, as a rule, won't grow tall enough to become a problem for power lines. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Those trying to predict the path of the next hurricane will likely rely on the expertise of an FSU scientist. A forecast model called the Super Ensemble was invented 20 years ago by late meteorology professor T.N. Kirschmurdy. Last month, it was voted by the National Hurricane Center as the best last year for predicting the path of Atlantic hurricanes. He died four months ago, but he left behind what one school official tells the Tallahassee Democrat is FSU's greatest contribution to science. The death toll is climbing from the violent volcano eruption in Guatemala. Officials say the Fuego volcano has claimed at least 99 lives. Search crews were also looking for about 200 people, though, who went missing when rock, toxic gas, and ash pummeled villages last weekend. The death toll could still rise. Thousands of people have been evacuated from the area. In the meantime, the river of lava from Hawaii's Kilauea volcano is destroying a popular tourist destination. Hundreds of homes have been consumed by lava and Kapaho, and now the molten rock is destroying the picturesque Kapaho Bay as it pours into the ocean. Kapaho Bay was a vacation destination known for its clear water, but now the bay is a lava field and molten rock has extended its shoreline by nearly a mile. I heard you saying that in the newsroom and my jaw just dropped. Brand new earth being created right before our eyes. You know, the way so much of it was created so long ago. But we weren't here to see it. No, no. And I I'm, I'm, I like watching it from 6,000 miles away. It is frightening out there. It really is. In other news, an Alabama prisoner is a free woman today after reality TV star Kim Kardashian West pushed her case for clemency in a meeting with President Trump. Alice Johnson was released from federal prison yesterday after President Trump commuted her life sentence for a nonviolent drug charge. The 63-year-old woman was convicted in the 1990s of cocaine possession charges. In a statement, the White House said, quote, Johnson has accepted responsibility for her past behavior and has been a model prisoner, end quote. Yeah, and word is a whole lot more Trump pardons are in the works right now. They're talking about maybe 30, possibly more. We'll watch for it. Investigators in the Russia probe are checking the phones of witnesses to see if they've been in contact with subjects of the probe. Recent news reports say former Trump campaign chief Paul Manafort may have tried to tamper with witnesses. CNBC says witnesses in the Russian meddling probe have been cooperative since special counsel Robert Mueller started requesting their phones in April. 
Investigators are looking for conversations on encrypted messaging apps like WhatsApp and Confide. And finally, a Texas man is recovering after being bitten by a rattlesnake, even though the snake's head had been cut off. Get out of here. Jennifer Sutcliffe said it happened at their home near Lake Corpus Christi last weekend when the couple was doing yard work. She says the four-foot snake slithered up to him, uh, up to them rather, and her husband severed its head with a shovel. When he went down to dispose of it, the head bit his hand and released all of its venom. Oh, my goodness, Dan. He that's, was my goodness. That's hard to even imagine. Isn't it? Yeah. He was flown to a hospital where doctors told Sutcliffe he may not make it. Really? Yes. After being given 26 doses of antivenom, he was stabilized, and he's now currently in stable condition. Man, makes you hate snakes even more than you did. I mean, it, uh, really. I mean, that's just creepy. That's Yeah, it is creepy. Oh, oh. All right, but you don't hate snakes. I know you love all animals. <laughs> all of God's creation. Yes, yeah. That's good. Dad. Well, I wouldn't say all of it. <laughs> WFLA News Time at 6.06. Listen to win tickets to our iHeartRadio Music Festival before you can buy them. We're not even allowed to buy them, nor do they ever give us these tickets. So if you can get to go to our iHeartRadio Music Festivals, Definitely take your chance. Yeah, you bet. They are legendary. They really, really are. We really take good care of you, and you'll get all the details at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Good to be back with you after burning three vacation days, but I wouldn't say it was a typical vacation. I've been taking care of my wonderful wife, Linda, who's just undergone her second knee replacement in eight weeks what a rock star that girl is made of the right stuff she is tough as nails i have to say she's a little bit loopy on the stuff they've got to manage the pain (laughs) you know it's rather entertaining just sitting around (laughs) listening to whatever in the world she thinks she's talking about well now she matches your loopiness yes absolutely oh it's loopy and love (laughs) it's a double loop (laughs) there you go (laughs) anyway but um thanks for all the well wishes she's um She's really doing remarkably well, and that's a tribute to not only to her, her toughness and her determination, but to the extraordinary surgeon, um, Dr. Rod Hudanich, who's uh, up to date on all of this computer robotics technology that is arriving now for joint replacement. And uh, it is remarkable the level of precision that gives you the better result and the quicker recovery than has ever been known before. And we are very, very blessed with that opportunity, and uh, and she's coming along. Well, I got to say, though, you, you know, loopy or not, credit has to be given to her nursemaid. Yes, it does. The bud man. And here he is. That's right, <laughs> taking good care of her. That's 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 a big part of recovery is knowing that everything else can be taken care of as well as yourself. So yeah. kudos to you, bud man. Well, Lindy loves the house to look great, okay? Her standards in that regard are a whole lot higher oh, than yeah. mine. You're never going to get there. She, it's slowly, this is why we need to keep her on the pain meds right now, because the place is slowly deteriorating, but she hasn't noticed yet. <laughs> Call me, I'll help you out with oh, that. Oh, thank you, Deb Meister. You're welcome. All right, Yaffe in the control room, and we are ready to go. We're hopping on the Trump train. Lots of news there in just a moment. Some Trump, some Vets news, some Comey news, some Rudy news, some Melania news. All right, we may have to add a few more cars. The Trump train pulling into the station in just a moment. It's good morning, Orlando. Good morning to you on a Thursday as we greet you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. 
Um, we'll dive right in on all of this uh, right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. And I'll do that for you in two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So we hop on a Trump train here on a Thursday morning. It's amazing how much this man gets done in a day. He is the most active president I have ever known. And, and, and it's incredible the wide range of issues he seems to be able to deal with simultaneously. You know, for a while, the situation with lapses in care at the Veterans Administration kind of dropped out of the headlines. But quietly, the president was working it. He had promised during the campaign, we're not going to have this anymore. Those who have served this country and laid their lives on the line are going to get the kind of care we've promised them, but so seldom delivered on. They're going to get care, and they're going to get it one way or another, and they're going to get it when they need it. And so it was that the president yesterday signed into law a new bill, the Veterans Administration Mission Act, it's officially called, also known as, known as the Veterans Choice Act, for the new health care choices that it will give vets. The new law empowers veterans to have more control over their health care, provides more quality choices within their own communities. Let's listen to the president. If the VA can't meet the needs of a veteran in a timely manner, that veteran will have the right to go right outside to a private doctor. So simple and yet so complex. This legislation also expands access to the caregiver program for seriously injured veterans. Because no matter where you served or when you fought, if you were in uniform, at some point, if you wore that uniform, then you deserve our absolute best. And that's what we're doing. By the way, Central Florida Republican Congressman Dan Webster was a co-sponsor and wrote yesterday that the new law expands health care options by removing the barriers in the current choice program that requires veterans who have waited 30 days or to live more than 40 miles from a VA health care facility to qualify for government-funded health care outside the VA system. Um, listen, and of course, the proof is in the pudding and how this actually gets implemented here uh, but I really think this has got to be a giant step in the right direction. And particularly for you veterans, I would love to know what you're thinking and feeling about what the president has really driven to accomplishment and fruition. Another another campaign promise kept. Of course, uh, the whole thing will be, well, how do we get this fully funded and fully implemented and working the way the legislation and, and the president um, uh, expected to. I, I don't have the answer to that. We've been disappointed. We've had our hearts broken so often by the bureaucratic uh, VA. 407-916-5400 if you have thoughts on that. More on the uh, Trump train here. The president blasting the media for the things they said about Melania when she was nowhere to be found. Well, she showed up yesterday looking like 10 million bucks. Um, we've also got some interesting comments about the upcoming summit with North Korea still on for next week from the president's attorney, Rudy Giuliani. And, um, oh, the Comey file. We're cracking open here. You don't want to miss that. It's coming right up. I got a lot more to unload and unpack for you on the Trump train, but on that new 
VA choice bill signed by the president yesterday. Joe, good morning from Orlando. You're on with the Bud Man. Thanks for calling. Good morning, Bud. How are you? Fine. I'm doing okay. How are you, buddy? Good, thank you. Good, thank you. Uh, As a veteran, I think um, your listeners ought to know and really digest this thing that Trump signed yesterday. It's good. This the cost of this going private into the private sector is is unbelievably astronomical. I mean, I heard the figures the other day, and it was, I can't. Even, there's so many zeros behind it. it was like it'll like floor you. Trump the Trump thing, is the, saying that ultimately it's going to be less expensive for the government. He said it yesterday. Well, well yeah, he can say all he wants, but but the problem is where are you going to get the money? Now here's where he's going to get the money to fund this. Okay, he's going to take it out of your Social Security. Medicare, Medicaid, and he's going to lower. Do you know that, or are you speculating? But where do you get? No, 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 no. Do do you know that, or are you speculating? With all due respect, Joe. All due respect, but where do you get fifty billion dollars? Think about it. Where do you get fifty billion dollars? I'm not saying you're wrong, but do you know that? Because I have not heard that. Well, I here's the thing. I do know it was. It was up in the, the Senate was talking about it. They, they put that number out there, and they have no idea where they're going to get the money for this. And here's what's going to happen. They're going to go, they're going to, the veterans' hospitals that are open now, okay, they're going, to, they're, going to t- they're going to take from there. They're going to take from retirements from veterans. They're going to take from Social Security and Medicare. Listen, if that happens, Joe, I'll be the first one here blasting Congress and blasting the president. I will be. I promise you we will watch for it. Again, that is... Joe's conclusion, it's his supposition, it's not fact as anything I know at any rate is fact. Let me, um, let me give you a little bit more of what's on the Trump train here this morning. You know, the former FBI director fired by the president, James Comey, you know, bills himself as kind of a Boy Scout, you know, and the guy who does everything right and, uh, you know, the absolute mirror image, the antithesis of the evil, lying President Donald Trump who canned him from his post. A source cited by ABC News claims that that Inspector General's report that we are waiting for focused largely on the Clinton email scandal here does not, does not cast James Comey in a very positive light. As a matter of fact, the report by the Department of Justice watchdog specifically calls Comey insubordinate. A lot of criticism about the way he handled the reopening of the Clinton email probe in the days leading up to the election in 2016. Um, Comey was said to have ignored, and this is a leaked report to ABC News, so we don't, we haven't actually seen the Inspector General's report yet, okay? But um, at any rate, this source is saying, and it's widely quoted now, that Comey ignored at least one superior in the Justice Department and um, who said that co- commenting publicly on the ongoing investigation would violate policy. He wanted to go off on his own tangent, regardless of what his superiors were saying, and that that was the M.O. of, uh, of James Comey. Um, oh, Rudy Giuliani, I don't know how much he knows and doesn't know here, but boy, I'll tell you what, he is really something as Trump's lawyer. He is really, really fighting back on the Mueller probe, etc., but seems to have his hands in everything right now. Rudy Giuliani says that Kim Jong-un, when President Trump pulled the plug on the upcoming summit and said, I don't like what we're hearing, the rhetoric out of North Korea here. I don't like what you said about my vice president. 
Mike Pence, about my national security advisor, John Bolton, okay? And we're not holding this summit that Kim Jong-un got down on his hands and knees begging for Trump to put the summit back on. Make of that what you will. This there is no doubt about. The president was red hot, livid on on, on, on Twitter yesterday about all of the speculation about his wife, Melania, after the kidney procedure, et cetera, and how long she'd been out of public view. She showed up with him looking great, just seeming bright-eyed and happy yesterday at the FEMA headquarters where the president got his hurricane season um, uh, briefing, and he had almost all of his cabinet there. And here's what he had tweeted, because all of these rumors had been out there, and the anti-Trump media machine was just running wild with them. The fake news media has been so unfair, so vicious to my wife and our great first lady, Melania. During her recovery from surgery, they reported everything from near death to facelift to left the White House and me for New York or Virginia to abuse. All fake. She is doing really well. Yaffe, I don't know. Maybe I missed some things while I was away here taking care of Linda at home after the knee replacement. But I, I would, has anybody actually said that, that he was abusing Oh, yeah, there were people. Melania? Um, I don't remember exactly who it was, but there was someone out there that was speculating that that's what it was. There, there was a lot of misreporting in that Melania thing. I can understand why Trump was upset. Yeah, he ought to let her let it rip, and he yeah. did. And they, they, they seem very, very, you know, affectionate toward one another. Yesterday, everything looked very normal. So there we go. We'll continue to follow it. That's a, uh, that's about all we can uh, we can deal with on the uh, on the Trump train here this morning. There's just too much else going on. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, Deborah Roberts updating our news here at the bottom of the hour on FPL taking its own hurricane preparation advice and a tobacco company verdict argued before the state Supreme Court. It's all here from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. The Thursday edition of Good Morning Orlando rolls on. Good morning to you at 629. Deborah Roberts joining me right now, my co-host of Good Morning Orlando, just down the hallway from the newsroom. So we're nearly a week into the hurricane season officially and, uh, we're all getting ready, right? And that includes FPL, which uh, officials there say they're ready for this hurricane season as well. Dave Herlong says they've spent the past year preparing for the work they hope won't be needed. We prepare in, in response. We also prepare in advance. So there's the strengthening the grid investments we talking about, the stronger poles, the, the better equipment, that all allows us to respond even quicker in a storm and get the lights back on quicker. He says they work to make sure the areas they serve are as ready for the storm season as they can be. That means working to eliminate hazards ahead of time and working to make sure all is ready for a swift response. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The Florida Supreme Court hears oral arguments in the case of a Delray Beach woman who won $6 million suing R.J. Reynolds after her mom died of lung cancer. The tobacco company claims it's too much because Gwen Odom is an adult and did not rely on her late mother for financial support. But just as Barbara Periente seemed to have her doubts. So is you're saying $6 million is too much for this loss, considering the three years of pain and suffering that she went through while she watched her mother die? Yes, Your Honor. Reynolds convinced an appeals court to throw out that $6 million reward. Odom's lawyer is asking the Supreme Court to quash that decision and affirm the jury's verdict. An employee at a pizza place in North Carolina is accused of putting rat poison in the shredded cheese. He was seen in surveillance footage putting what police think was rat poison into the cheese at 
Primo Pizza in Fayetteville. The manager called police and all of the bad cheese was collected, thankfully, before it was served to customers. The employee in question was booked into the Cumberland County Detention Center on a $100,000 bond. And finally, with Father's Day coming up this month, at least one measure indicates that Floridians love their dads more than people in most other states. According to data from Google, Florida ranks eighth in the country in searches for phrases like Father's Day gifts or Father's Day ideas. Texas came in first, followed by Georgia and New Jersey. At the bottom of the list of dad lovers are Vermont, New York, and South Carolina. That's very interesting. I don't I know what the common thread would be with those three. That's interesting. It is, isn't yeah, it? But we're number eight. That's not bad. We're not bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> you can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. And Gina joins us live, as always, directly from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. Good Thursday morning, Gina. Good morning, bud. Welcome back. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Let's check stocks, shall we? I know that uh, the futures um, have been, uh, I don't know whether they're responding or not to the fact that we have economic data and earnings reports coming in along the way today. What can you tell us? Well, right now, the stock futures are kind of little changed. Oil continues to march a little bit higher here, up six-tenths percent, $65.13 a barrel. Investors are awaiting some economic reports and some earnings today. We get that weekly snapshot of jobless claims. We get an update on consumer comfort and trends in consumer credit later on today. Among the companies reporting their earnings is J.M. Smucker. We had stocks bouncing higher yesterday as banking shares gained ground with bonds. Bond yields, healthcare, also rose, and the Dow was up 346 points to 25,146. The S&P rose 24, about nine tenths to 27.72, and the Nasdaq jumped 51. It set another new record, 76.89. We had the Bloomberg Orlando index with gains pretty much in line with the broader market, up one percent for the day. Gina, as we know, Amazon is just um, you know spreading its wings and 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 really has. Uh, uh, just been such an impact player in so many areas now. And I have to believe anybody who is in home insurance might be quaking in their boots after you give us this story about what Amazon may be thinking. Yes, Amazon has shaken up industries from booksellers to grocers and now reportedly is considering whether to offer home insurance. But analysts say there's no reason to panic just yet. One questioned whether Amazon would really take such a step, but said that if it did offer home insurance, it would probably start small with simple bare bones coverage. Another analyst points out that the established insurers hold troves of data that can give them a competitive advantage anyway to begin with. All right. And competition developing apparently in the market for electric trucks. What can you tell us on that score, Gina? Well, we've talked about Tesla creating big rigs that run on electricity, and now Daimler's truck unit is out with two battery-powered models for the U.S. market in the race against not only Tesla, but Volvo and Volkswagen to electrify these big rigs. The German company's Freightliner brand revealed the E-Cascadia, which can go as far as 250 miles between charges, and the smaller EM2 with a range of about 230 miles. Daimler will test a fleet of the trucks this year with plans to start production in 2021. Very interesting there. And before you go, we've got some news about um, changing trends in how folks get their phone service. A lot of landlines are being dropped. A lot of mobile phone customers are being picked up and you've got data to back it up. 
Well, for the first time, the majority of U.S. households are wireless only when it comes to telephones. New data from the National Health Interview Survey shows that almost 54% of American homes had only wireless phones during the second half of last year. Meanwhile, just over 3% had no phone, and about 5.8% had only the landline phone anymore. Boy, isn't that interesting. Always great having you with us. Gina Cervetti, live from New York City every morning at 6.35. And good morning, Orlando, with the one and only Bloomberg Business Report. We'll catch you tomorrow morning. You have a good day, Gina. You too, bud. Take care. All right, good deal. Coming up, I've been crusading for the politicians to stop thwarting the will of Florida's voters who approved medical marijuana. Now a judge echoes the Bud Man and declares it is time to end the opposition. My take and yours on medical marijuana, smokable version, here in Florida. Coming right up, along with an update on Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic, in two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I am not a fan for the full legalization of marijuana in the state of Florida, but I believe it is almost inevitable in the years to come. I am a fan of our representatives not thwarting the will of the people when it is expressed in a vote for a constitutional amendment, as it was nearly 20 months ago, greenlighting medical marijuana for seriously ill people in this state with a doctor's prescription. 71% of voters approved this constitutional amendment. Nearly 20 months later, with political maneuvering and foot-dragging, and yes, driven by our supposedly upstanding conservative-led legislature, we still do not have smokable marijuana legalized in this state. But that, it appears, is about to change, and it is high time. Until now, you could only get medical marijuana prescribed by a doctor in these forms for vaping, used in syringes, capsules, nasal spray, edibles, and topical cream. What about smoking medical marijuana? That apparently is the most effective way to get the medicine. It's the way most people would want to take it. We are talking about people in agony from conditions like cancer, um, and, 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 and a myriad of other of the worst of medical conditions. This, that they want, they want this in their own home. They're not talking about showing up in your restaurant or a street corner somewhere and lighting up the wacky tobacco, okay? They're t- we're talking about people using it in their homes, for God's sakes. And, and, and this, is, this is the way the, the, it's the way the amendment was understood when people voted for crying out loud. It is the most effective and most universally desired way to take medical marijuana for people with these conditions causing terrible pain and suffering, and the only other relief they can get is from these opioids that turn them into addicts, zombies. And medical marijuana seems to work. Prescribed by a doctor, it ought to be your choice how you take it. But it hasn't been because the legislature wanted to thwart the will of the people. They didn't want marijuana in any form. So they wrote the law that came off the amendment that we all passed 
and it would not include smoking because smoking in public places, etc., was to be banned. We're not talking about smoking this stuff in public places. We're talking about somebody bedridden at home, for crying out loud, and within the walls of their home, they ought to have the choice to smoke their medical marijuana that they have through prescription. We got about 100,000 people who are who are now waiting for medical marijuana in this form in this state. Well, finally, finally, we've had some legal back and forth, and Judge Karen Givers has ruled that Florida must put in place a procedure to allow medical marijuana patients to get their medical marijuana in smokable form. She has ruled the state's ban on smoking medical marijuana was unconstitutional. And the state appealed. There was a stay put on this, but the judge has now lifted that stay, and the state has until next Monday the 11th to put a plan together so people can smoke marijuana prescribed by a doctor for medical reasons. She says the state's ban has caused irreparable harm to patients who couldn't get the treatment recommended for them, which was, in many, many cases, smokable marijuana. And Givers, the judge, now says there's no likelihood the state will be successful if it further appeals her ruling. Here's what the governor needs to do. He runs the health department, okay, that's responsible for setting up uh, the medical marijuana program in this state approved by the voters. He needs to say that's it. The judicial system has spoken The voters spoke 20 months ago. We're going to have medical marijuana approved in smokable form. He needs to do that for for political reasons as well as it's just the right thing to do, for God's sake. I think think in in his run for the Senate that I hope he wins against Bill Nelson, I think there are votes to be gained and votes to be lost depending on what he does. And the governor needs to declare this argument is over. The judge has spoken, and the voters spoke 20 months ago on medical marijuana. That's where I am on this. Do you applaud the judge's ruling, or do you condemn it? And if so, why? 407-916-5400. I'd love to know. I know a lot of you don't agree with me on this. That's okay. Text line 23680. Florida Judge Karen Gievers echoing what the Bud Man has been screaming for for a long time now. We passed a constitutional amendment by 71% in 2016 approving medical marijuana under prescription of a doctor for people with a very specific list of absolutely horrible, chronic, painful conditions. Okay. Um, you know, whether it is uh, multiple sclerosis, whether it is ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, whether it is cancer, and the list goes on, okay? And I don't think we should be denying that to our fellow citizens because you never know whether you or someone you love is going to be next with this situation. And if medical marijuana um, eases the pain and allows them to function, you got a lot of veterans here, by the way, too, who have PTSD, etc., and other conditions from serving this country in the war zone, you know, and and they should not be denied smokable medical marijuana. They should be able to take it any way they want to take it. If they want to eat it, if they want to vape it, if they want to smoke it, they want to take it with a syringe, whatever it is. Smoking is preferred by most to take medical marijuana. All the surveys say that, 
and the politicians here who didn't want marijuana in any form have been dragging their feet with the way they wrote the law. And the judges finally said, this is all unconstitutional, what you've been up to. The voters approve this. Let's implement it. You've got until Monday to put a plan in place. Judge Karen Gievers is my new hero in the judiciary. Now, the governor's office says they are reviewing the ruling. The governor can just decree, that's it, okay? Enough said, smokable marijuana will be made available. It's still going to take months to get the whole thing implemented. Yaffe, what are your thoughts on this, and what's coming in on that text line this morning? We got some input there from folks who don't necessarily agree with a Bud Man. Yeah, we have a few texters that don't agree with you. One person says, if it's medicinal, you should just ingest it. What about the children in the homes of these medicinal smokers? Uh, Another person says, I don't want people smoking pot in their porches. As a neighbor, I would suffer from them smoking it on their porch. Oh, really? Please. Any individual home with other members of the family, they can decide whether the smoking is appropriate, okay? It's their decision, not yours. And really, you're worried about sitting on the porch and some blue smoke comes wafting by? And really, are you really worried about that? Or well, one of the te- yeah, one oh. of the textures really is. I don't okay. know. <laughs> right. But but we have one person who agrees with you, Bud, says um it's a plant. It's a plant with incredible benefits. It should have never been illegal in the first place. Well, I'm not for the full legalization. I just don't think we need, you know, something else out there, you know, that are that are that are causing people, you know, to to not be fully fully conscious and yeah, it affects our judgment. There's no doubt about it. I, I, it does. It does. No, I don't want full legalization of marijuana. Don't confuse the matter there. You know, this is for people who've got serious conditions that only medical marijuana seems to be able to fix, short of these opioids that turn you into a zombie, for God's sakes. And I don't think we should deny our fellow citizens this, because as I say, you never know when you might be next. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us here at the top of the 7 o'clock hour on a Thursday for our very latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here, right now for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning FEL takes its own hurricane preparation advice, and state wildlife officials are funding bear proofing efforts. We'll give you the details coming up in one minute. No more swimsuits in the Miss America pageant. It's not even going to be called a pageant anymore. Will this kill the Miss America competition? We'll talk about it next on Good Morning Orlando. The Thursday morning, better as known as a Friday Eve at 7.04 on News Radio 102.5. The people in charge of keeping the lights on are hard at work preparing for the hurricane season and to make sure they leave nothing to chance. That includes keeping the trees trimmed. We actually have quite a few of our untrained arborists that help our crews to trim the vegetation in a right, healthy way. We also work with local communities on enforcing ordinances, on planting the right kind of tree at the right place. You know, non-native trees um, are one of the ones that cause the most damage, as well as palm fronds that actually can fly for quite a ways away from the palm trees into the lines. FBL's Dave Herlong says debris and vegetation are the leading causes of outages during a hurricane, and they try to make sure that the potential for flying vegetation is kept to a minimum. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Meanwhile, there's a new website designed to help Florida businesses prepare for and recover from hurricanes and other disasters. The State Department of Economic Opportunity has announced the launch of FloridaDisaster.biz. 
The DEO says the website features a disaster planning toolkit, critical disaster updates from the State Emergency Operations Center, and a damage assessment survey to help businesses get back up and running after an emergency. Governor Rick Scott says FloridaDisaster.biz will help businesses make safe and informed decisions for themselves, their employees, and their customers. Florida is donating 25 Florida Highway Patrol vehicles to the Puerto Rico Police Department. Governor Rick Scott made that announcement yesterday, saying the FHP of vehicles will assist law enforcement efforts as the island still works to rebuild after Hurricane Maria. The vehicles had been out of circulation and were ready for surplus before they were donated. In November, 50 FHP troopers were deployed to Puerto Rico for one month to assist Puerto Rican police with security operations and traffic control needs. NASA says that its Curiosity rover has found something intriguing on the surface of Mars. Yeah. Yeah. The space agency says it involves new science results, but the details won't be released until 2 o'clock this afternoon. The event will be live-streamed on NASA's website as well as on their Facebook page. Interestingly enough, the rover has been roaming the red planet since 2012. Five years, it's gone five years past how long they expected it to survive. And also interesting... Uh, scientists had programmed Curiosity to sing itself happy birthday every year. No kidding. Yes, it does. Just in case there's nobody else up there to do it. Uh, you never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> what do you think of this I, is? I don't know. They're I'm, really promoting it. They're kind of roping us in. It's it's like, you know, it's like when we tease another segment right. to make sure maybe that you, you stay with us here. NASA's playing that game with this. I'm going to imagine it's maybe water or something like that. I don't think it's well, the, Water would be a pretty big deal. That would be a big deal. <laughs> I, you know, I was about to say it better be a big deal. <laughs> better not be just a funny looking rock or something. <laughs> Some dried up lake, you know, our expectations. We're already being teased by IHOP, which has been running these yeah. commercials and teasing us that they're changing their name to IHOB. A B on the end a instead B. of a P. Yeah. So we don't what need... is that? Breakfast or something? I don't know what that is. Oh, well, uh, Paul had a great idea. He said it was uh, the International House of Bankruptcy. They're struggling a little bit these days. Yeah, so we don't need NASA teasing us. We've already got IHOP teasing us. Yeah, I know. Now I'm going to feel guilty when I tease a segment. No, don't. It's tease overload. (laughs) Hey, state wildlife officials are offering local governments financial help so homeowners like yourself can get bear-proof trash cans. There's $500,000 available for local governments, um, but this is for local governments. And so if you are a resident or a business, an individual, Um, You need to ask your county or your city to apply for the funding. FWC spokesman David Telesco says the county or community will then put its funding toward helping residents pay at least part of the cost for bear-proof trash cans or other means of securing the garbage from those greedy paws. And finally, if you haven't seen this video, you've got to check it out. A Central Florida neighborhood is rid of an alligator that had been wandering around for some time, but the animal knocked out the man hauled it away. Oh, this is this gator out in Ocoee. Yes, it happened late last month in Ocoee. Yeah, video shows a Florida fish and wildlife trapper loading the eight-foot gator into the back of a pickup truck with help from police officers. The gator's mouth and legs were bound, but it still managed to whip its head around and headbutted the trapper, knocking him unconscious. Unbelievable. He is all right, and the gator has since been released into a lake. WFLA News Time at 7.08. You can read about the largest labor strike in decades could be looming at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. 
Great to be back with you this morning. Deb, I have a question. I know you're going to head down to the um, newsroom right now to get us an update for the bottom of the hour and check on what's going on. But they are dropping the swimsuit competition in the uh, longstanding Miss America pageant. Uh, Am I a male chauvinist pig or a Neanderthal when I say I think that's going to kill the ratings for that show? I mean, their ratings have been so low for so long. It's just not on most Americans' radars anymore. It used to be a huge deal. It used to be a huge deal. And the new uh, leader, Gretchen Carlson, of course, who used to be a, a Fox News anchor, right. had said it's not even their most popular uh, segment of the pageant, which I was surprised to hear because, like you, and I know I don't believe you're being a Neanderthal chauvinist pig. I just I also assumed that would be the most popular. Yeah, she says it's not. They say they're now going to showcase women's brains instead of their bodies. And uh, you tell me how you think that's going to play. Uh, again, the pageant is not as uh, is not as big a deal as it used to be, but it will be the last nail in the coffin of the Miss America pageant, giving up the swimsuit competition. You know, it's a Me Too era thing, no question about it. Um, I'll I'll let you hear from Gretchen Carlson in a moment, and uh, I'd like to know what you think. Without the swimsuits, if you've been watching. The Miss America pageant, will you still tune in? Gals, as well as guys, call me. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. I'm here for you at 407-916-5400 or on the text line. Never busy, 23680. Standard message and data rate supply. Right after a word from Deb, we'll have an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. There she is, Miss America. It used to be one of the biggest TV shows of the entire year, the annual Atlantic City Miss America pageant. The greatest beauties in the country, state by state, having won their state competitions, parading in swimsuits, evening wear, showing whatever talent they had, answering inane questions with inane answers as a great American tradition and a ratings winner. But it's been in decline over many years. Uh, Geez, I don't know. I'm almost tempted to use a circus analogy here. The circus was in decline, you know, and then when they took the elephants out, the Ringling Brothers only lasted about another year. Remember that? I just wonder if dropping the swimsuit competition, which was the big announcement this week, because it's demeaning to women, is going to be the last nail in the coffin of the Miss America pageant. It started as a bathing beauty competition nearly 100 years ago in Atlantic City Beach community. Uh, But now times have changed. And I want you to listen now to the huge changes announced this week by the new chairwoman of Miss America, former Fox News anchor Gretchen Carlson, who was crowned Miss America back in 1989. We are no longer a pageant. We are a competition. We will no longer judge our candidates on their outward physical appearance. And that means that we will no longer have a swimsuit competition. And that is official as of September 9th when we have our competition in Atlantic City. I think the pageant's doomed if they go down this road. I don't know if it can be saved anyway. But I think that's going to cost them a lot of viewers. Here's Gretchen again. The plan, she says, to attract a far greater number of women to compete for the Miss America title by dropping the swimsuits. We want to be open, transparent, inclusive 
to women who may not have felt comfortable participating in our program before. But look, we have always had talent and scholarship, and we need to message that part of the program better as well. But now we're adding in this new caveat that we're not going to judge you on your outward appearance because we're interested in what makes you you. Tell us about your goals and your achievements in life. And by the way, at the end of the day, we hand out scholarships to these young women. Now, Carlson is optimistic that the new Miss America format will be a huge success. Do you think she's right here? We think that this is going to be, we're going to have a huge influx, not only of companies who want to be interested in sponsoring us now, but also of young women who want to be a part. Who doesn't want to be empowered, learn leadership skills, and pay for college, and be able to show the world who you are as a person from the inside of your soul? All of that is great. But I'm sorry. You know, the swimsuit competition was a tradition, and the people who tuned in, a lot of folks like to see these beautiful women in that regard, okay? But we're not going to have that anymore. They talk about we're going to be giving away scholarships. We're going to honor the brains, not the bodies of women. And I'm, you know, fine, that's great. But the problem I see here is an old television guy, in order to pay those scholarships, You've got to have ad revenue from big ratings. And I think this is going to hurt the ratings. That will hurt the revenue generation for the scholarships. And I think finish off what once was a great American tradition, the Miss America pageant, not even to be called a pageant anymore. I mean, I I think they are committing... I think they're committing... Pageant suicide, rating suicide, whatever. And I know times are changing. Am I a male chauvinist pig? A Neanderthal thinker? When I say, not that I watch that pageant like I used to, but I'd be less inclined than ever to watch it without the swimsuit competition. Just as the circus, when it lost its big attraction, the elephants, fewer and fewer people went. Okay, I'm not comparing women to elephants, okay? I'm really not. You tell me, is this it? Is this spell doom for the Miss America movement? Or will it revive it, as Gretchen Carlson says? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Let me know what you think about this. Something a little bit lighter here, but there is a serious side to all of this, I think given the times we're in, the Me Too movement, etc., have they just gone too far? Are they tone-deaf here? Or is it just a new day and a new age, and they're going to respond to it, and Miss America will become greater and more popular than ever, minus the swimsuits? 407-916-5400, text line 23680, standard message and data rate supply. I mean, I am I'm more than willing to be proven completely wrong in my prediction here. Uh, I, I think this spells doom for the Miss America pageant or whatever they now call it. After nearly 100 years, the Miss America pageant is dropping the swimsuit competition. They're going to honor the brains, not the bodies of American women, and they say the pageant will be better than ever. I think the audience will be smaller than ever. Do you agree or disagree with me? Mike, good morning from Orlando. How are you? Hello, Mike. Hey, oh, hey, bud, how you doing? Good, let's okay, roll. Bud, I, I, got a, I got a question for you. What's the one thing that every Miss America winner has, has in common? I don't know, but keep it clean. 
Oh, no, no, yeah. Every single one of them is drop-dead gorgeous. So I'll believe that Gretchen Carlson is serious the time that she puts a crown on an ugly girl. It's- <laughs> okay, thank you. Interesting, but I think you're making a good point here. They're in trouble with this. Not that they weren't in trouble before. They were. Robert in DeBarry, good morning. Uh, do I have it right or not? You do, <clears throat> and I'll explain... Um- you know, in Atlantic City, but you're from that area. I know that you were in that area uh, when you were growing up. You know, they used to have those uh, shows where they had the uh, girls on the water ski, and they'd go over the jumps and stuff. So I think right now they're about to jump the shark. So I think it's over for them. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. When I think of the water ski uh, skis and, and everybody in, in bathing suits, that would be Cypress Gardens, which is now Legoland here in Central Florida. For years, I was one of the iconic attractions in all of Central Florida, way pre-Disney. Yaffe, what do you see there on the text line? Yeah, one person says this, says, What about all of the women who were not born with the gift of intellect or personality? Oh. So if we're going to make you know the argument one way, you can make it the other way as well. Oh, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? Yeah. How much trouble well, do you think they're in now with this? I, I think Gretchen Carlson believes it's going to revive the pageant. Uh, and, and it's certainly in tune with, you know, the movement toward respect for women in the workplace and, and elsewhere, which I think is just terrific. I think the pageant, what remains of it, is doomed. Um, I think the first year it might do well because of a cur- curiosity factor, what it's going to be like without with all the changes, without mm-hmm. the swimsuit competition. But yeah. after that, I mean, we're kidding ourselves if we don't think that men care about looks. Of course men care about looks, and that's a big reason why they watch stuff like that. Uh, Steph, as a young woman, your perspective on no swimsuits in the Miss America pageant. Good thing, bad thing? Mm, personally, I think they're going to be more contestants, but less viewers. There's going to be more people that want to go out for it because, I mean, you know, you don't have to have the perfect body and all, so mm-hmm. they can all eat pizza now. Yeah. Just but, do whatever. But more contestants, fewer viewers yeah. ultimately dooms the, uh, yeah. the the business model that I they're trying so. to generate here. It seems to me at any yeah. rate. Yeah. And Deb's already weighed in on this. Anything more to say on Miss America Without Swimsuits? No, not really. No? It's not going to make me watch. <laughs> you were watching anyway, right? No. Okay. The Deb Meister coming up with the news here at the bottom of the hour. And uh, stay tuned for that. FPL taking its own hurricane preparation advice. And, oh, shucks, a Virginia man downs, <laughs> I can't even imagine, 480 oysters to claim the crown. The news ahead with Deborah Roberts from the Frontgate Realty Studio as we continue. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We are glad you're with us here on the 50,000-watt front porch Thursday morning at 7.30. Deb, during the break, getting ready for the news here, we were taking note of the promotion for the Beach Boys concert coming here to Orlando. Tickets about to go on sale. We're giving away a couple to our Sound Judgment winner later in this half hour. Wow. So stay tuned on that. Free Beach Boy tickets. If you are our winner, don't call yet, but we're going to play the game right after the news. And speaking of the news, what you got? Well, with the 2018 Atlantic hurricane season underway, officials with Florida Power and Light are urging residents to be ready, and they're taking their own advice. Spokesman Dave Herlong says FPL prepares year-round, and that includes trimming vegetation around power lines, which is the number one cause of outages during a, and during and after a hurricane. Herlong says residents can help by making sure that the trees in the front and backyards are properly trimmed as well and to avoid planting non-native species. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. 
A Virginia man has slurped down 40 dozen oysters to claim victory at this year's World Oyster Eating Championship in New Orleans. Man, oh man, he's 480 ahead of me. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Darren Breeden, as you said, bud, ate 480 of the bivalves in eight minutes in Sunday's Oyster Festival event. <laughs> About 4,000 South Louisiana oysters were prepared and shuttled tray by tray to a table laden with hot sauce, beer, and other drinks. The seven contestants hunched over the checked tabletop as judges and striped shirts kept careful count, turning over a new number with each dozen consumed. As tam, uh, time ran out, rather, Breeden stretched his stomach, which would soon be encircled by the Oyster Festooned Championship belt. <laughs> Defending champion Michelle Lesko of Arizona won second place with 27 dozen oysters while New Orleans native Adrian Morgan came in third with 26 dozen. As you wrote, aw shucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shucking those oysters. <laughs> My goodness. You know, it's um, it's amazing. I would think they'd be easier to wolf down than those hot dogs. I would, too. At Nathan's, you know, on the 4th of July. But you've got to love a lot of something if you're going to eat 480 of them. I couldn't eat one. <laughs> what else is going on? Well, a brewing company in New York has joined with an ice cream maker so consumers can have their cake in a beer. Ooh. Captain Lawrence Brewing Company's Fudgy the Beer is a take on Carvel's Fudgy the Whale ice cream cake that's formed in the shape of a whale. The stout beer is brewed with the ice cream cake maker's signature chocolate and fudge and a 6% alcohol by volume. The brewery says the beer pairs well with smoked foods and chocolate desserts. The first batch of Fudgy the Beer sold out and the second batch will be available Friday. But here's the bad news. The beer will only be available at Captain Lawrence's Beer Hall in Elmsford, New York. That's a long ways away. But, you know, there are some things that are meant to be together and some things that are not. <laughs> Fudge and beer, I don't think I can get there. <laughs> I don't think so. Interesting, though. And sad. This is sad news out of Hollywood. The Wizard yeah. of Oz's last surviving munchkin has died at the age of 98. TMZ reports Jerry Marin, who memorably greeted Dorothy to Munchkinland as part of the Lollipop Guild, Died last week at a nursing care facility in San Diego. He's reportedly laid to rest over the weekend at Forest Lawn in Hollywood. Very, very famous cemetery for famous folks out in California. Marin was one of more than 100 little people who starred in the iconic film. And we have a question related to the passing of the last living munchkin in our sound judgment game coming up. You flirted with giving it away, but you didn't do it. Uh, the whole time I'm looking at you, looking at your face going, oh, no. <laughs> no we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. You Woo. set the table well, Deb Meister. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, my goodness. All right, there we go. We're all excited about our very special prize here on Sound Judgment today. And uh, we're just talking to Steph a moment ago. We're going to put her back to work to talk about that prize. Steph? That's right, bud. So win it before you can buy it. We have a great pair of tickets to see the Beach Boys at the Dr. Phillips Center downtown Orlando. Tickets go on sale this Friday, June 8th at 10 a.m. Buy them at the Dr. Phillips Center box office or online at drphillipscenter.org. Fantastic. But you've got tickets to the Beach Boys concert on us if you're our sound judgment winner. And if you're trying to get in, and I know the lines are jammed, wait for a wrong answer that will open up a line. And if you grab it quickly, you could still win in a later round at 407 916 A little bit more on a story that um, Deb was talking about just several moments ago on the show. 
Remember in The Wizard of Oz when the lovable Munchkins welcomed Dorothy to Munchkinland in the unforgettable 1939 film that we still see today? Sadly, as Deb said, we've just lost the last of the Munchkins with a passing this week of 98-year-old Jerry Marin. For today's Sound Judgment game, I want you to listen to some sound of the Munchkins. Then use your sound judgment to tell me how many actors were signed to play Munchkins in The Wizard of Oz. If you come within 10 of the right number, you're going to the Beach Boys concert on us. We wish to welcome you to Munchkin How many actors, according to Hollywood records, were signed to play Munchkins in The Wizard of Oz? You come within 10, you're our winner. Let's start at the top. Line one, go ahead. All right, let's try 118. Game over. You did it. (laughs) How in the world did you figure that out? I took a flyer at that one, bud. It's interesting because Deb said over 100 in her news story, and I said, oh, my goodness, she's about to give it away, but she didn't. But, um, wow, that's very interesting. 124 actors signed to play Munchkins, according to Hollywood Records. I would have taken 114 to 134. You like the Beach Boys? Absolutely, I love the Beach Boys. Have you ever seen them in person? I have not. Well, you're going to. What do you think about winning Beach Boy tickets in Orlando before they're even on sale? That's fantastic, bud. Fantastic. Thank you very, very much. We're excited. Have you figured out who's going with you? Uh, Not as of yet. I had to win first. (laughs) Well, you're going to have a lot of new friends, I have a hunch, right after the show here. What's your first name? I want to write you a special note of congratulations. Hey, bud. It's Glenn from Moss Park. Okay, Glenn. I'm going to put you off air with Steph, okay? And we'll make the arrangements. Congratulations. You're going to the Beach Boys. Thanks again, bud. All right, buddy. Take care. There you go. Now, terrific prize. Yaffe, if you had asked me before I I researched this how many munchkins there were, I would have had no idea. Yeah, I guessed really low, but then when I started thinking about the movie, there were a lot in that movie. There were. (laughs) Yeah. When her house lands on the Wicked Witch of the East that had been terrorizing Munchkinland, I mean, she becomes this huge hero, and they celebrate her with a giant parade. And you're right, munchkins fill the screen. Yeah, they you, do. You don't only think about it, but it's a lot. 124, and we've lost the last 98-year-old Jerry Marin has passed away. In a moment, we've got the Rush Morning Update. Then, something very special we're very excited about here at iHeartRadio. Brand new movie coming out. And we'll talk about it after we listen to Rush. We're back. Okay, good deal. Um, Hey, listen. We've got a great company here. It's the largest radio corporation in the world. But it's all part of iHeartMedia, WFLA, and 800-plus radio stations and, and an amazing, diverse media empire that has a great relationships with iconic Warner Brothers And we got the word yesterday that we want to pass along to you this morning of a great partnership with Warner Brothers and iHeartMedia to promote the new film coming up, A Star is Born. It is like the third remake of this iconic movie. 
the first one back in the 30s. Then there was the um, uh, the one in the 70s. The, well, it, well, there was the Judy Garland movie in the, in the 50s. But yeah, you're right. Uh, later on, there was a a rock musical with Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson. Oh yeah, that was huge. But now it's back. With a couple of the biggest stars now, they're remaking A Star is Born for release in theaters in October. First word on it here today. And it is being directed by Bradley Cooper, who's always great. And he's the star alongside Lady Gaga. We know she can sing, but who knew? We watched the trailer. She can act. And Bradley Cooper can sing. For those folks who think, you know, if you're a Bradley Cooper fan, and there are a lot of people out there who are, this is just Another feather in his acting cap. Not only is this film directed by him and stars him, but he'll completely change your mind. He's, it's 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 a really great movie, and check out the trailer. Lady Gaga will impress you as well. What about that trailer, yeah. Yaffe? You've got that posted for us, right? Yeah, it's posted on our website, 1025WFLA.com, keyword Budman. It's also on Facebook as well. Yeah, I'd never seen Bradley Cooper no, sing before. He's a great actor. I, lo- I love his movies. I but, do, too. I love his movies, but I had no idea he could he could sing. And another name that you haven't heard of in a while and are probably just as surprised as I am to hear he's in this movie is Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And Sam Elliott's there, too. He plays the manager of these two characters in A Star Is Born. Sam Elliott's always great. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Lady Gaga in the movie as well. Uh, from what, you know, like we've said, from the trailer, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good flick. Yeah. So go check out the trailer. We'll be talking about the film, which debuts in October. We got first word inside the iHeartMedia family yesterday, and we were excited to share A Star is Born with you here this morning. One of our top power companies taking its own hurricane preparation advice. Deb's here with the news on that. And worries about your memory? I think we all have them from time to time. Turns out being absent-minded is okay, kind of average. We'll get the latest on that. Good morning, Orlando from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We are glad you're with us at 8 o'clock. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here at 8 o'clock on a Thursday as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Right here, right now for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, FPL takes its own hurricane preparation advice. And are you worried about your memory? Turns out being absent-minded is simply average. We'll give you the details coming up in one minute. And Bill Clinton, under fire here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Does Monica deserve an apology? Let's talk about it next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Thursday morning. It's 8.04 on News Radio 1025. Officials with Florida Power and Light are urging people to be ready this hurricane season. And FPL's Dave Herlong says the utility is taking its own advice. We prepare year round. Uh, we have made investments over the last decade plus to strengthen the grid as well as trim vegetation around the lines, which is the number one cause of outages after uh, during a hurricane. He says residents can help by making sure that the trees in their back and front yards are properly trimmed and that they plant native species. That's because local trees, as a rule, won't grow tall enough to become a problem for power lines. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt is defending his attempt last year to help his wife get a franchise with the Chick-fil-A fast food chain. 
The Washington Post reported this week that Pruitt ordered an aide to set up a call with the chairman of Chick-fil-A. Pruitt defended himself yesterday when he told a reporter his wife loves the chain, which he called a franchise of faith and one of the best in the country. He also said this is an exciting time at the EPA and tweeted that with great change comes opposition. The revelation about the franchise contact is just the latest in a series of ethical controversies surrounding Pruitt. The legal sale of marijuana in Canada is expected to take a major step forward today. The Canadian Senate is expected to vote for sweeping legalization of marijuana. The House has already passed its own legal weed legislation. The Canadian government expects legal sales to begin as soon as 10 to 12 weeks from now. There are estimates legal sales of recreational weed could generate around $3.3 billion by 2027. Meanwhile, a California-based company is paying $53 million for a medical marijuana operation here in Florida. MedMen announced yesterday that it will acquire Treadwell Nursery's five-acre cultivation facility in Eustis. It'll own one of Florida's 13 medical marijuana licenses and have the right to operate up to 25 dispensaries throughout the Sunshine State. MedMen employs more than 800 people and currently operates 18 licensed cultivation, manufacturing, and retail cannabis facilities in California, Nevada, and New York. As we all get older, every little trick of memory invokes the specter of Alzheimer's disease. But one doctor says you can relax and breathe a little easier. The odds are there's no need for concern. Dr. Michael Weiner says if there's a significant and growing impact on your life, well, then it's time to ask for help. If there's really some evidence of progression, that's the time for concern. The other, the other trigger for concern is whether it's preventing you from doing something that you used to be able to do. On the other hand, if you're forgetting the name of your favorite movie star or why you walked from one room into another, congratulations, you're perfectly normal. <laughs> I think I feel a little bit better. <laughs> in, my, in our line of work here, I mean, you know, we have to be so quick and, and on, on, the, on the take. Every time I can't call it up, you know, I begin to wonder, uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Something going on in there. Exactly. You know? And that was the issue I had asked him when I interviewed him, um, you know, because he was talking about little memory losses common in seniors. I said, yeah, but you hear it in folks who are younger than senior citizens worrying about, geez, is this something that I need to get checked out? Yeah. Only if you forget like how to drive to the store. Yeah. Like the commercial you see where the woman is baking cookies and she's holding the egg because she doesn't know what to do with it. Yes. That's when you need to seek medical attention. Mm -hmm. And finally, some good news. The new Top Gun movie is reuniting its two biggest stars. The Hollywood Reporter says Val Kilmer will be reprising his role as Iceman, which made him famous in 1986. Tom Cruise will return as ace fighter pilot Maverick in Top Gun Maverick, which is currently in production in San Diego. Iceman and Maverick were adversaries in the original hit film, but eventually joined forces. Kilmer, who's now 58, recently sent a message to Cruise on Instagram saying, quote, he's still got the moves, end <laughs> quote. WFLA News Time, it's 8.08. Listen to win tickets to our iHeartRadio Music Festival before you can buy them at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch. That was pretty cool. Good morning, Orlando. Glad you're with us here as we continue from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit LauraHasTheBuyers.com. Bill Clinton sent a book tour. 
Did he really think in the Me Too age with all that's going on out there that he wasn't going to get a question about Monica Lewinsky? I know. <laughs> what? I mean, what, what did he expect they were going to ask him about? You know, and he was offended by it. And yeah, the, combative. Yes. Ended and, up going on Stephen Colbert to apologize for being combative earlier in the day. Yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, I I, I, I was hot under the collar, you know. It was just a terrible <laughs> thing. And people asked me these questions. I didn't like the way it was going. I felt awful about it. I just didn't know what to do. Well, we're gonna <laughs> we're going to play a little slick willy here. You think... He owes an apology to Monica Lewinsky. I think I do. Yeah, I think he does. Absolutely. For nothing more than just calling her that woman before he had to eat crow and take those words back. I said, I'm never, never listening to Good Morning Orlando again. I refuse (laughs) to listen to this program. Maybe when Yaffe's on, maybe I might listen to him, but I am not listening to the Deb Meister and the Bud Man. I I don't like what I hear any more than I did on NBC the other day, you know. (laughs) Anyway, Slick Willie coming up, and let's talk about whether or not he owes Monica an apology. Two votes say yes on our side. And, of course, Bill just can't quite seem to get himself there, can he? For a, well, I did. I apologized to her uh, years ago. I did. No, 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 you didn't. And, uh, and, and we'll get to that in just a moment. I am hanging up, man. I am not going to watch that. Listen to this program. This, ter- this is a terrible travesty. Good morning, Orlando. Don't listen to it. Do not listen to this next segment here. It's not good. It's not wrong. Okay, Bill. Thank you. We'll have all of this in Orlando's uh, news, weather, and traffic updated here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. You know, if you could waterboard your average Democrat and get the truth out of them, they would tell you they are desperate for Bill and Hillary Clinton to just disappear. She can't stop reliving the election and blaming everybody but herself for her loss to Donald Trump. And every time Bill Clinton gets out in public, bad things happen politically for the party. And so it was that he's got a book that is out now that he supposedly co-authored with a very famous author. It's a novel. And he's got his name on it to sell books. So he's starting his book tour, and he's on NBC, usually quite friendly to the liberals. And the reporter in the course of the interview, blew Bill Clinton out of the water earlier this week. And it's hard to imagine, as politically astute as Clinton always seems to be, or claims to be, or is viewed as being, that he would not have anticipated a disaster awaited him. That in the Me Too era in particular, when he gets out there hawking a book to make money, he is going to get a question about Monica Lewinsky and the relationship he had with her when she was a White House intern, you know, and how he just desecrated the Oval Office and and, and disgraced the presidency, ruined her life. You know, even though she has never denied that she was complicit in what they were doing, you know, I mean, he was so much older and so infinitely more powerful, et cetera, and should have been responsible enough to say, we're not going down that road, Monica. We're not doing that. Of course, that's Bill Clinton. You know him and the women. But at any rate, 
Let's go back to earlier this week when I was off. I, I wanted to spend a little bit of time with this this morning. And my best, my basic question is your thoughts on Bill Clinton and how he's handling this situation on his book tour and whether or not he really owes an apology personally to Monica Lewinsky, which no matter what he says, there's no evidence he has ever really given. Here is Clinton interviewed on NBC earlier this week, and this is what really got him torqued off. Well, I asked if you'd ever apologized, and you said you had. I have. You've apologized to her. I apologize to everybody in the world. You didn't apologize to her. I have not talked to her. Do you I, feel I like thought you owe it, her an apology? No, I do. I, I, I do not. I've never talked to her. But I did say publicly on more than one occasion that I was sorry. That's very different. The apology was public. Amid a media furor, Clinton tried to clarify his remarks later the same day, admitting he was angry over being challenged about apologizing to Monica Lewinsky. I want you to listen closely here as he admits that the apology he said was public really wasn't. The truth is, the hubbub was I got hot under the collar because of the way the questions were asked. The suggestion was that I'd never apologized for what caused all the trouble for me 20 years ago. So first point is, I did. I meant it then and I meant it now. I apologize to my family, to Monica Lewinsky and her family, and to the American people. Before a panel of ministers in the White House, which was widely reported, so I was, I did that. I meant it then, and I mean it today. I live with it all the time. Apologize to Monica before a panel of ministers in the White House? That's not an apology to Monica Lewinsky. Not in my book. And there he is, Bill Clinton playing the victim. Typical liberal. And final cut, Clinton on where he stands on the Me Too movement. you got to listen to this. The Me Too movement that has women in the workplace standing up to powerful men in the workplace who sexually harass and or assault them. I support the Me Too movement, and I think it's long overdue. And I have always tried to support it in the decisions and policies that I've advanced. You could make the case that what he did with Monica Lewinsky and with the other women as well, more than anything else, gave a foundation for the Me Too movement that has arisen 20 years after what went on in the White House with Bill and Monica. Um, and he, I support the Me Too movement. Give me a break, Bill. How much are we supposed to swallow in one gulp here? And you do need to pick up the telephone and personally call Monica Lewinsky and apologize to her. I think, anyway. Do you agree or not? 407-916-5400. I do not agree with that. Not one bit. And don't you buy into it either. Now, there's a guy. I see the screen here. This guy, he says, I did no need for an apology. Ron, don't you hang up, man. You stay on the line for Mims because we'll be talking to you. 407-916-5400. What do you think? 407-916-5400. Or text me at 23680. Standard message and data rate supply. So do you buy Bill Clinton saying what a champion he is now? The Me Too movement? Give me a break. And doesn't he just, as a matter of common decency, given the position that he held, even though it was consensual with Monica by all reports, that he ought to just say, you know, you know, I've come to see this differently after all of these years, and I want to apologize to you because I know how messed up 
this all got you, you know, and what a price you paid for it. And you know what? I should have been the responsible adult in the room, particularly as president of the United States, not to allow us to get down that road. I think that's just common decency. Of course, I maybe I'm asking too much when we consider who I'm asking that of. What do you see on the text line? Something interesting. A few things have come in. Yes, bud. One person has almost a, a theory of what could happen next with all of this. Says, I can see him doing a public apology on a TV show with Monica, along with Hillary and family. They get in a big group hug and tears, oh, and all is forgiven, and everybody loves the Clintons again. Wow, is that our first text ever right out of fantasy land, Gaffy? <laughs> <laughs> what else you see? That there? would be I I bet a lot of people would watch that. Oh jeez. <laughs> Another person, though, says he should apologize for being a dirtbag cheating slime ball. However, he doesn't have to apologize to Monica. She wanted to be in a relationship with him. They were both despicable. There is most definitely a difference between the Me Too movement and two people simply having an affair. Here's Ron and Mims, who I guess you're thinking along the lines of that texter, Mm -hmm. right, Ron? Good morning, buddy, man. Yeah, I guess you're you're right. Yeah, the main problem I had with Bill Clinton was that he lied under oath. You know, if he had said, hey, it's just one of the perks of the job, I could have lived with it. And say, that's being honest and stuff, you know? And um, that's the way I feel about it. Uh, you know, if, and it was a big problem, as in most things, it was a cover-up. If you had just been honest from the beginning from the get-go, okay, whatever. You know, so if people have a problem with it, that's on them. And stuff. All right, Ron. I had to lie. I was in a tight spot, you know? I was in a tight spot. I had to save my butt, man. As president of the United States. I can't imagine him saying, oh, it's just the perk of the job. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if that would go over well. I I can't stand (laughs) any more of this. Okay. (laughs) I did the segment, and now I'm I'm like me. I'm mad at myself. Remember Clinton said that the other day? (laughs) Unbelievable. Champion of the Me Too movement. What's going on? (laughs) What do I know? It's Deb who does the news, and here she comes with the 8.30 update. One of the top power companies in Florida taking its own hurricane preparation advice. You'll hear that. And iPhones will soon start shaming you for what? For spending too much time on your phone. Good morning, Orlando, for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We are so glad you're with us. Good morning to you at 8.30. Deborah Roberts checking in alongside me now, my fabulous co-host here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Florida Power and Light in the news this morning, Deb. Yeah, because uh, the folks from FPL are out every year doing tree trimming. Might see them in your neighborhood, but it's not for cosmetic reasons. Dave Herlong says airborne debris is serious stuff during hurricanes, and they treat it that way. In those high winds during a hurricane or a tropical storm, you know, debris and um, vegetation are the number one cause of outages. And some of those um, small palm fronds, believe it or not, can fly up on the line and and, uh, be a conductor and cause an outage. He says residents can do their part by making sure that they plant wisely and keep the vegetation trimmed back. Also, refrain from planting non-native trees since those can grow to heights that can engulf power lines and cause problems when the winds rise. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Your iPhone may soon warn uh, warn you about spending too much time on it. Uh, Steph, you better listen. See that? <laughs> well, she's on her phone right now. Yeah. No. Deb, yeah. Deb, Deb's here to help you now. You need to listen. There's going to be a quiz right after this segment. Yaffe, you ought to listen, too. 
you're logging a lot of iPhone time. Well, Actually, I, don't have, I don't have Apple. Yeah, he's, but, he's well, a Samsung Android, guy. Smartphone time. Yeah. <laughs> well, Apple said a new digital health feature will be added to iPhone's iOS 12 software update that will shame users into spending less time on their gadgets. Ah. Bloomberg reports that a major component of the update will focus on a user's digital well-being and improving their relationship with their tech. The new tool will show users exactly how much time they spend on their device during the day. Google released a version earlier this year called Dashboard, which even allows people to get a sense of which apps they spend most of their time on. The feature also reminds users to take a break if they're using their phones excessively. Oh, how nice. Smartphone addiction, of course, we've talked about this before, but has become a concern for many, including parents, as younger and younger children begin using the devices starting at a young age. Heavy smartphone use has been linked to other issues such as stress, anxiety, depression, and loneliness. The annual Apple Developer Conference is scheduled to take place between June 4th through the 8th and will feature a series of announcements about the company's upcoming products. Listen, there is some serious aspect to all of this, this phone addiction. Uh, but I have to smile because you lost Steph halfway through the story. She oh, was back I, on the phone. I wasn't expecting to keep her for the whole thing. <laughs> what is that? What is, yeah, no. You are totally hooked, aren't you? I have a problem, yeah. You do? <laughs> At least I admit it. But you don't want to know about... How to fix it or anything? Do you want that information? Do I you... mean, I probably could use it, but I feel like I'm too I... far gone now that I don't even it's know. too far gone? It's like terminal or something? Yeah. I would be mad at my phone if it started lecturing me. <laughs> yeah, that's the other I mean, aspect come on. of it. <laughs> my, for what I paid for you, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> my phone, you know, if I restart it, it will lecture me on the volume being too loud. So if I turn it up, it'll say, have a message, listening to the volume can hurt your ears, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to lecture from my phone. <laughs> Turn it up. Because in my car, I need it louder for the Bluetooth. Right, but, yeah. Yeah. No, it just needs to do what I want it to do and leave me alone. There you go. That's how folks are going to respond <laughs> to the digital health of improving your relationship with their tech. Just shut up. What else is going on? <laughs> do you ever light scented candles during or after cooking to get rid of the food smell? We've done that a few times, yeah. Well, just in time for Father's Day, I offer you up a one Yes, the steak sauce brand will now let you do the opposite with meat-scented candles. The candles come in three original scents, original meat, backyard barbecue, and classic burger. Wow. Now, the website urges customers to, quote, grab it while it's hot, end quote. Lest supplies run out, original meat is already gone. Wow, charbroiled is a smell I love. I could be into that if they could. Well, additionally, rich descriptions on the website suggest that these candles smell so accurate, Budman, they'll make you crave the real thing. Mm. Ideally, this would translate to turning on the grill and buying more A1 steak sauce to slather on that fresh burger or that steak. But do not underestimate the instantly gratifying lure of a drive through window. Meat scents are now available on the A1 website while supplies last. How about that? Pretty cool. How long until restaurants start putting this in their restaurants to even enhance the smell? That's not a bad idea, but I'm thinking how quickly can Bud get on the A1 Steak Sauce website and get his candle? Because that's... He I'm, not like, mu- I'm not much into the, the smell of A1 sauce, but they're talking about the meat smells, the charbroil. I could be in on that. Yeah. Yeah. For Father's Day, 
Family, you're out there. I was going to say, listen up, kids. <laughs> I'd rather have the meat. But... <laughs> Dad's put his order in. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Deb. You're welcome, bud. Coming up, we got uh, Dr. K, Dr. Kronhaus with a weekly house call. We got breaking health and medical news here and uh, very important news about a recall of an opioid antidote is on the house call docket. Don't miss the weekly house call from the best heart doctor in the business, my heart doctor, my friend, the amazing Dr. Ken Kronhaus. That in Orlando's news, weather and traffic up for you here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Here on Good Morning Orlando, we care about your health and well-being. After all, without you, who would listen to the show? That's why each Thursday at this time, we welcome our own Dr. Ken Kronhaus. Doc, always great when um, the final half hour rolls around on a Thursday and you stride resolutely onto the 50,000-watt front porch for the house call. Good morning to you, my friend. Great to be with you, bud. Got some news about prostate cancer and survival odds that some folks need to hear. What is it? Exactly. This is out of the Journal of the American Medical Association. We call it JAMA Oncology. That's the cancer edition. Prostate cancer patients who smoke bud are more likely to have tumors return, spread to other parts of the body, and become fatal than non-smokers. Smoking causes inflammation, which encourages tumors to grow, and nicotine may help tumors spread. Boy, you know, it's interesting. I think people feel like if they're smoking, you know, the issues, the risks are all lung-related. But boy, it just seems to affect everything, doesn't it, when you smoke heavily over many, many years? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely right. Now, I think we like to believe that when we have a premature baby that, you know, that they will catch up and all will be well through the rest of their lives after a rough start. There is some uh, disturbing new research that indicates not necessarily, right? Out of the medical journal Pediatrics just this week, babies born prematurely but or very small may not fare as well in life as those born full term. Adults who are born tiny or early may be more likely to lag behind educationally and professionally. They're also more likely to use social services. Preterm birth occurs before the 37th week of pregnancy. The difficulties reported in this new study are greater for those born very prematurely. That's before 32 weeks. Well, and it's not the news we want to hear, but that's the new research that is out from that prestigious journal, Pediatrics. Doc, thanks for updating us on that. And um, on on the issue of um, maybe early babies, premature babies who are underweight and and little ones with birth defects, there is some news about something that... uh, moms can do to help in this regard. Right. The flip side of the last story is just this week, there's something good that you can do about it. So there is some good news to counteract it. This comes out of JAMA, Journal of the American Medical Association, pediatrics, that women who take vitamin D during pregnancy may be less likely to have underweight babies. This study also suggests that these supplements may also be associated with a lower risk of fetal or infant mortality. But prenatal Natal vitamin D supplements only appear to have these benefits when women take 2,000 international units or less each day. Very interesting and important there. And this headline you bring us this morning, and I have no idea where you're headed. <laughs> Let me just lay it out there and you take it from here. Education may lead to short-sightedness. This is from the British Medical Journal, and it may be a little bit of uh, British titling myopia it's a common form of visual impairment in the united states more than 40 percent but of people aged 
12 to 54 have the condition. Uncorrected, myopia is the leading cause of distance vision impairment worldwide. This new study strongly suggests that the more years spent in education, the higher the likelihood of myopia. Fortunately, recent studies have shown that the more time spent outdoors prevents or slows down the progression of myopia. So maybe we should be going to college outdoors. I hadn't thought about that. So the term short-sightedness by the Brits, the equivalent here, you say myopia, is nearsightedness, Exactly. And this is out of the British Medical Journal this week. I got it. Okay. Before you go, very important story. Deb had a news item on this earlier this week, and I'm really glad you're giving us your your medical experts' um, uh, perspective on it. Uh, there is an opioid antidote that is being recalled. Let's have that story, if we may. News from the FDA this week. A recall of the opioid overdose antidote. Doctors call naloxone, N-A-L-O-X-O-N-E. It was announced this week. The recall was triggered by the possibility of loose particulate matter on the syringe plunger that could cause local irritation, allergic reactions, and blood clots. Naloxone. How do you say it? Naloxone. N as in Nancy, A-L-O-X-O-N-E. People who are on these opioids, it's a good idea to have that around because that will immediately reverse the uh, life-taking-away paralysis of the diaphragm that can kill you when you take these opioids in overdose. Wow. Thank you so much. Such important information and such a diverse um, series of topics here, and you do it every week for us. And I, on behalf of the audience who loves the house call, thank you so much for everything you put into it. My Dr. Ken Kronhaus from Lake Cardiology, have a great day and give my very best to your staff and patients. And uh, I'll be seeing you up there shortly. Thanks, Doc. We are all glad to help you well, bud. All right, good deal. If you want to book an appointment where I go for, for heart care, and you want to get to know Dr. Kronhaus and his staff personally, I would highly recommend you get on the phone and give them a call this morning, 352-735-1400, 352-735-1400. If you have any heart issues or you just really aren't sure about your heart health, you know what? We lose too many people who think they're in good shape and suddenly they are gone. doesn't have to happen. Find out about how great heart care can be. Schedule an appointment with Dr. Kronhaus, 352-735-1400, 352-735-1400. And don't forget, Doc is nationally syndicated on his radio program, Good Day Health with Dr. Ken. You can catch it right here on WFLA every Sunday afternoon at 2. Just ahead, the president keeps another campaign promise. This is a big one This one is for our veterans. We talked about it earlier. If you weren't with us, you'll want to stay tuned, and we'll give you the short-form lowdown on this important story. First thing I talked about when we came on the air in the 6 o'clock hour was the president keeping another campaign promise. He said he was not going to tolerate inadequate care for our veterans and all the problems in the VA, and he was going to get it fixed yesterday with his uh to some fanfare at the white house he signed into law the veterans administration mission act also known as the veterans choice act for the new health care choices it will give vets here's the president if the va can't meet the needs of a veteran in a timely manner that veteran will have the right to go right outside to a private doctor 
So simple and yet so complex. This legislation also expands access to the caregiver program for seriously injured veterans. Because no matter where you served or when you fought, if you were in uniform, at some point, if you wore that uniform, then you deserve our absolute best. And that's what we're doing. Right? Good um, to know also the Central Florida Republican Congressman Dan Webster was a co-sponsor of that much, much needed bill. We just wanted to give you a short form update on that. Right. That's it. Great to be back with you on a Thursday morning. Catch you tomorrow from 6 until 9. Have a great day. Thanks. God bless you and God bless America.